This is the Ty Butler Show on 98.7 ESPN. This is the Ty Butler Show. Jordan Renan, let's just say things do go south this year. What will be the reason? It would just be injuries in general. Like, what do they have behind Saquon? Offensive line. I mean, God forbid Andrew Thomas got banged up. They could be a good team. I think they have better talent. But after the starters and after the guys that they have, like wide receivers, the one position they actually have depth at now. But injuries on the offensive line, uh, running back, quarterback, in the secondary, like they'd be in big trouble if they have something, God forbid, happened to Bobby Oterike. God, their inside linebackers are back to where they were last year. We're going to be picking Jalen Smith and Jared Davis off the street, and they might be starting. This is the Ty Butler Show on 98.7 ESPN. It's Ty Butler going until 3 o'clock right here on 98.7 ESPN. Football season's back. You have a chance to be part of the action by winning VIP tickets to Jets training camp on Wednesday, August 23rd with premier seating and complimentary food and beverage. Just be caller number... Let's go with caller number five right now at 888-987-ESPN, and you'll score a pair of tickets courtesy of your local Honda dealers. Visit your local Honda dealer for a great deal today. Honda is a proud partner of the New York Jets. For full contest rules, go to ESPNYork.com. By the way, pregame of Jets-Panthers coming your way at 3 o'clock. Dan Grasso, Greg Buttle. Then you have Marty Lyons and Bob Schusen, of course, on the call. Preseason week two for the Jets. No Aaron Rodgers. Next time you'll see him is Tuesday at practice. And we're coming off of a week that, you know, he showed some frustration because of the offensive line. And uh, once again, it's like we're still dealing with the same offensive line issues that we've talked about for four years. How has that not been fixed by now? How, how are we still having the same conversation? That's disappointing. But I did tease at the top, or I should say at the, uh, at the, in the last segment, I wanted to talk about something that's flying under the radar, and it is that of the head coach. When we talk about the Jets and potential downfalls, what could go wrong for this team that has aspirations, has, has aspirations of winning a Super Bowl, it's that of the offensive line. And we just saw Aaron Rodgers, who is nearing 40, Come off the worst season of his career, broken thumb. Uh, he's aging. Is he washed? That's a big question. Offensive line, quarterback, and then maybe you have um, you have trepidation about whether or not they have enough at, at the receiver position because, yes, you do have Garrett Wilson, uh, Randall Cobb's old Hartman. Is he a number two? You've got Lazard there. Uh, but Corey Davis, can he stay on the field? So of all the questions you have, One thing that, to me, doesn't get brought up enough is the head coach. It's the head coach. And I remember a couple weeks ago I talked about this. I was doing uh, some some prep for a show, and I came across CBS had, you know, head coaching rankings coming into the season. And I had to scroll all the way down to 26 to find Robert Sala. And that wasn't even the most, you know— that, that wasn't even the, 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 the most eye-popping to me. What caught my attention the most was they had him slotted behind two rookies, Shane Steichen and D'Amico Ryans, guys who have never even done the job before they had ranked higher than Robert Sala. So you look at what's happened so far, started 7-4 and four last year, and then ended on a six-game losing streak. That has to fall on the coach. And I understand you know, he had issues with the quarterback. What was he supposed to do? 
But when you are 11 and 23 so far, two postseason DNPs, there's a legitimate question as to whether or not this is the job for you. And then in year one, he was coming in as a defensive guru. The Jets had the worst defense in football. They obviously made a significant improvement last year where they got to number four. But we still have questions about whether or not Robert Sala can handle being the head coach of a team. We've seen him have success as a a defensive coordinator, but can he be the CEO of this operation? Can he be the head honcho? Is he going to be someone who cramps up late in games when it comes to clock management and, and, and late game situations? Because we know in baseball, managers don't mean a thing. In the NFL, you cannot hide bad coaching. You will get exposed. You you cannot hide bad coaching. I don't care how good your team is. You cannot overcome suspect coaching. You can't do it. So we're going to learn a lot about him this year and whether or not he's the answer. We're going to learn a lot because we still don't know. And it, it feels similar to what we said, you know, with, with Sam Darnold. You remember, well, we really don't know because he hasn't had the weapons. With, with Salah, you don't know because he hasn't had the quarterback. Now he has the quarterback. So that is excuse is removed from the equation. You have to deliver. You have to. Why does CBS have him as the 26th best coach in football behind two guys who have never done the job before? Is that disrespect or is that about accurate? Because he hasn't shown, if we're being honest, he, like Brian Dable, and maybe this is unfair to compare him to that, but Brian Dable sh- showed you last year he can take whatever level talent he has, let's just call it C-plus talent, and he can raise them a full letter grade. We see coaches in all of football be able to do that. Whatever, whatever you have, I can raise you an entire grade above that. We saw it just across town with Dable. We haven't seen that with Robert Sala. And this year, I don't even know if you're asking him to do that. You're just telling him, here's a Lamborghini, just drive it correctly, Go to speed limit. Don't get into any accidents. Make sure you signal when you go into different lanes. Get off at the right right exit and park this in the right lot. Because you do have an abundance of talent, and the offense has been turned over to Nathaniel Hackett, who last we saw with Rodgers was winning MVPs. So you don't really have to focus on the offense but let's look at the little things, the details. And, you know, preseason doesn't matter, but I found myself right in front of my television screen watching the Jets commit penalty after penalty on the first drive. And I'm like, here we go again. This this is what it's going to be, the lack of discipline. Because those details matter. And Robert Sala always talks about, you know, keep the main thing the main thing. Well, the main thing this year is to not be outcoached, to not look overmatched, to not shoot yourself in the foot. The caller brought up the, you know, JFM roughing the passer penalty, which was a ticky-tack call. I didn't love the call anyway, but you have to be better than that. And you know how the league has become obsessed with roughing the passer calls. It's just a, it's disgraceful what they've done to the product. But it is what it is. You can't have a team... Once again, week after week, look undisciplined, committing penalties. You have enough talent to win. You have the quarterback. You have the defense. You have the roster construction outside of the offensive line, which, you know, could be a big deal. 
You just can't shoot yourself in the foot. You have to look the part. and This team has to come out and be presented as one that is well-coached. And I'm just not sure that's going to be the case. I hope so. I'm hoping and praying that's the case because, you know, he can rah-rah with the best of him. He, he's a motivator, but is he a tactician? Is he someone who has, who has mastered the X's and O's, not just of defense, but of someone who can patrol the sidelines as a head coach, as the CEO? And that's what I'm looking out for. That's what I'm watching. We don't have the answer yet. And hopefully we get that, and it's answered in the positive fashion. 800-919-3776. We'll get to your phone calls when we return. Ty Butler going until 3 o'clock right here on 98.7 ESPN. This is the Ty Butler Show on 98.7 ESPN. Dan Cross is in the building. Looking all, all tanned. He was hanging at the Jersey Shore. I was listening to him on DPH on Rothenberg talk about you know, the the unwritten rules of attending the beach, and this is one of the reasons why I don't like the beach anyway, but if there's enough room for you to have distance between yourself and the next party, take advantage of it. You don't got to be sitting all on top of me. I can't stand the beach to begin with, but that, add that to the list of why you won't see me at the beach anytime soon. I had to go a couple weeks ago just because, yeah, to take the kids first time. Wifey wanted to do that, but never again. You got broken glass bottles. You got backwoods and and cigarillos just on on the ground. It's weed smoke all over there. I got the two kids. I don't want them to be around that. Then it's just dirty and nasty. The sand is hot. Bunch of seaweed in the water. I I, I don't want to be dealing with that. You guys, beach guys, Joe Leo and uh, Harvey? I don't even know if I'm going to make it all the way up. That's how much these babies are throbbing right now. Whoa. Pause. (laughs) <laughs> I'm a big beach guy. Love yeah, it. Of course. You want to go out there and take your shirt off and tan. Absolutely. Yeah, nah, I'm good. How about you, Harvey? I used to be a beach guy, but not these days. I mean, especially first... New York beaches. I, Why I... is every beach, by the way, at least two and a half hours away? Well, Rockaway Beach is not two and a half hours away. I wouldn't know. Yeah, Rockaway Beach is right there. The problem, Rockaway Beach is so damn ghetto, you don't want to go there. It's just too much going on, too much ringing off at Rockaway Beach. Anyway, it's time for Ty's Lock of the Weeks. Uh, Lock of the Weeks. Lock of the Week, I should say, brought to you by Rock Spring Golf Club. So tonight, I'm excited. You get the uh, Basketball Hall of Fame induction for the greatest player ever from France in Tony Parker, the greatest player ever from Spain in Paul Gasol, and the greatest player ever from Germany, and Dirk Nowitzki, along with one of the all-time great shooting guards, D. Wade. So here's my lock. Tonight, during Paul Gasol's speech, you will get a Kobe Bryant tribute. He is going to pay homage to, in my opinion, the greatest Laker of all time, five-time champion, two-time finals MVP, one-time league MVP, Kobe Bryant, 20 years in the NBA. Could have gone longer if not for tearing his Achilles in year 17. He will pay homage to the great Kobe Bryant. That was his best friend, his guy. I believe Powell is like a, a godfather to Kobe's, uh, one of Kobe's kids. So you will get a tribute from Kobe or from Powell to Kobe tonight. And that is my lock of the week. That's Anita's lock of the week brought to you by Rock Spring Golf Club. Golf fans, check out the Rock Spring Golf Club in New Jersey. 800-919-3776. Joe, why are you laughing? Why are you guys laughing back there? Y'all saying something about me? You'll find out as we go to break. All right, Chris and Beth Page. My guy, I haven't spoken to you in a long time. What's up, Chris? I know, Ty. I miss you. I told Joe uh, 
I think Joe screened my call. Uh, I said I'm more. Uh, I'm a football guy more than anything. Like I love football. That's my number one sport. Baseball's okay, but once I heard I, I heard you Saturday, I'm like you talking football. There we go. And I'm like I got I got to call my main man Ty. So there we go. Uh, expect expect a lot of calls from me during football season. By the way, um, I got to say this. So the Jets we know before, and I'll let you get to your Giants point. The yeah. Jets we know are going to have a ton of like four o'clock, eight o'clock games. So expect to see me and Brandon Jacobs doing a, a lot of shows on Sundays following Anita's you know New York game day. She's doing it with Amani Toomer and Mike Tannenbaum. So you'll get a lot of, of, of me and Brandon Jacobs this season on Sundays leading either into Jet games or just bridging the gap to whatever comes next on the programming. So I'm expecting to hear I'll, from you, I'll, Chris. I'll totally listen to it and talk talk to Brandon. My One of my all-time favorite playoff moments was when he scored a touchdown against the Cowboys. The Cowboys, yeah, yeah, what was that? Two thousand seven, right? Yep. He threw the football and broke the light. <laughs> that's that's an iconic moment for me. I love it. Love Brandon uh, Jacobs. What do you got on the Giants this year? All right, so I heard your conversation, and I lean definitely where you're coming from. I mean, we just signed Jones to a big contract. We re-signed Saquon. Giants feel they're a win-now team. So I don't want to hear, you know eight and nine and, you know, okay, they had a decent, whatever. I don't want to hear it. I got them going nine and eight, maybe even 10 and seven. And another thing, I talked to a lot of people, and you know this too. You know what a fool's errand is, is when you look at a schedule and you go, that's a tough game. That's a win. That's a loss. It never works out like that in football, ever. It doesn't. So who's really good right now, an injury or two away from being mediocre to bad. You know what I mean? So, and the bottom line is, uh, I was telling this to Joe Leo, uh, two of the last three Super Bowl champs were the Rams and Tampa, right? Mm-hmm. Think about it. They're, I think they're number 29 and 30 to win the Super Bowl this year. Think about it. And they, they're recent Super Bowl winners. Yeah. That's how fast it happens. football changes. It happens quickly, especially when you go all in like both those teams did. We, we know the uh, blank, those draft picks by the Rams, and then the, the Bucks went all in for Brady, then he retired. And now they're in the, the Rams don't know it yet, but they're in the midst of a rebuild. And the Bucks got Baker and Kyle Trask as their quarterback, so they're rebuilding. Right. No doubt about it. And, you know, listen, the way I look at it is this, too. You know, you got to – the Giants have to win their home games. They have to, in other words, they have to, at least in their home games with Dallas or Philly, they got to win one of those games. That's, that's imperative, okay? You can't just write those – you can't just write off four losses exactly. in that division. Exactly. You know? I, I totally agree with you, Chris. This idea that and, it should be accepted. Yeah. You know what? We're not as good as the Eagles. We're not as good as the Cowboys. 0-4. No, you should be expected at the very least to split with the Cowboys, and then if you can't get a game against the Eagles, make up for it by sweeping Washington, which you should have done last year. So make up for it by sweeping them. You're right. And yeah, I'll say this, too. In signing Daniel Jones, and I'm a big Daniel Jones back. You and I have gone back, yes. you know, your days of calling him Danny Fumbles and stuff. <laughs> it was funny. It was good stuff. But I'm saying this now. I've totally stepped up my expectations from that guy. That guy's got to go out and outplay Dak Prescott opening night right off the bat. That's it. There's no, like, don't make mistakes or any of that. He's got to up his game. Uh, and if he doesn't outplay Dak Prescott in that first game, that's going to be very telling for me as far as what to expect for the rest of the year. Listen, that's I, where I'm, you know, that's I, what I'm looking at. Listen, I love talking to you, Chris. Great phone call. Yep. I, I, I appreciate 
the fact that we have a Giants fan out there who comes in with some confidence. I'm not saying you should be dreaming about a Super Bowl, but this this notion, oh, regression, eight, nine, eight and nine, we're expected to take a, a step back because the schedule is tougher. Y'all just paid your quarterback $40 million a year. There's so much. I keep hearing how much you love your coach, you love your GM, you love the team. Why are you just signing up for taking a step back? Go out there and split with Dallas. Show me something by winning that Sunday night game against the Cowboys. Haven't beaten them since 2016. At some point, if if you have this vision of you know making some noise and and winning the division, you got to start beating the teams that actually play in your division. Go out there and beat the Cowboys. Arizona is going to be in play for the number one pick this year. They're hoping to get Caleb Williams. So that's your week two game. Beat beat the Cardinals. San Francisco, that's tough. Thursday night against probably the second best team in the NFC. I mean, who knows what their quarterback situation is, but it doesn't seem to matter for Kyle Shanahan. He figures it out. Then you've got Seattle. Can you finish your first four weeks two and two before you go to play really tough games against Miami and Buffalo on the road? Can you be two and two through your first four games? I I don't think that's too much to ask. Have some have higher expectations. And if you don't, it just tells me you don't believe in your quarterback. Giant fans get all emotional and defensive of Daniel Jones, especially because he won them a playoff game last year. If that's the case, keep that same energy. There is no way you should, after signing your quarterback to $40 million a year, you should come into a season in a weak conference and say, yeah, I expect us to miss the playoffs. That doesn't make any sense to me. Richard in Manhattan wants to weigh in. What's up, Richard? Ty, Salah reminds me of Herm Edwards. Dayball reminds me of Bill Parcells. Salah, if you remember in that Lion game, he waited a 20 seconds oh, before it called a timeout time at the out. end of the game. Yeah, it was that bad. was bad. Terrible. That is bad. Yeah, that comes re- to IQ. On a, on a long reception. He didn't even that call is bad. Terrible. Bowles was the same way. Bowles, you know the biggest mistake I saw Bowles do? Jets got a 15-yard penalty after scoring a touchdown. So they were able to move the kick 15 yards closer. I think they kicked over from the opposing 45. And he had the guy kick the ball out of the end zone. Yeah. So they get the ball at the 25. You Try an t- onside kick there. Try a squib kick. Anything to get the ball. You got 15 yards. Yeah, you didn't How take advantage. Do- How do you not take advantage of that? I- of I'm course. totally with you. That's where I can tell it. I, I, Herm Edwards did that too. Herm Edwards' famous line was, you play to win Don't- the game. Well, he played that Pittsburgh playoff game just not to lose the game. He didn't get the kicker in the right spot. He was happy enough to make it a 47-yard in an open-end outdoor stadium in the middle of January. I mean, he should have hit the kick. kick. He should have hit the kick. What? He should have made the kick, though. No, it's not that automatic. Now, this is 15, 20 years ago. Yeah. Now it's more automatic. But still, even back back then, it's an outdoor, cold-weather stadium, open stadium. Not that easy. And Doug O'Brien's got to make that. I'm sorry. Right, I get okay. it. Doug O'Brien's got to hit that. But I, but, right, I got another point. Jets are two and seven going into week ten. Oh no. Rogers is banged up. Oh, Zach has no. looked good in mop up roles. What's the call for game ten? No, uh Rogers. Really? Okay. Yes, Rogers. Okay. There's no chance. You said two and seven? Two and seven. I mean, you just invested so much draft capital and you're paying him a hundred million dollars. Are you giving up on him after nine games? 
<laughs> the Mets gave up on two guys that had a lot of capital also, right? No, the Mets not aren't. only did they give up on him, they're paying him not to be there. Yeah. So that wouldn't be the greatest uh, give up yeah. that I've ever seen. Yeah, but the Mets got rid of those guys. The Jets would yeah, still well, have Rodgers on this roster. No, you've invested well, he, way he, too much. I'm on the roster, but if he's not getting the job done, you know, don't you look for the future? Doesn't well, uh, Woody Johnson pull a Steve Cohen? No, Zach right. Wilson is not their future. And I, look, I appreciate uh, the call. We don't know. Well, I, appreci- I appreciate the call, Richard. I'm up against the clock. Here's the thing. I feel like the the coverage of Zach Wilson has been absolutely insane. The Jets this year have the sixth best odds to win the title. If they come anywhere close to what Vegas projects, Wilson will never see the field again. And I understand, like, this ideal scenario is Rodgers mentors him and he passes the baton over to Zach gracefully in a way that Favre never did for Aaron and that Aaron never did for Jordan Love. But there's a 0% chance that if all things go correctly, this happens. The Jets have to decide on Zach's fifth-year option before next season. And it's estimated to be around, what, $25 million, which means they're going to decline that. You're not going to pick up a $25 million option on a guy who, best-case scenario, is going to be your backup. Rich Samini pointed this out, and it's the, the, the correct thing to say. The Jets are grooming Zach for his next employer. The only chance we see the torch become passed for uh, the torch get passed from Rogers to Wilson is if the Jets win it all this year and Rogers decides to retire. Remember, he he flirted that out on DPH on Rothenberg. Something magical happens, and you know if the season ends magically. Then maybe I'll retire at the end of this year. But let's just say that doesn't happen. We're never going to see Zach Wilson in meaningful games. You have to give up on, well, he looked great. You know, he looks like he's matured. He's more poised. He's not making the same mistakes. What's the effect that, you know, Rodgers is going to have on Zach? That, because that's where the investment comes in. Guys, he's not going to be here. Zach Wilson had a great opportunity to erase what was a dreadful rookie year. And take his team to the playoffs. All he had to do last year was be pedestrian. The Jet defense was awesome. Through 11 games of of just below average, just dreadful quarterback play, they were 7-4. and All he had to do was be average, and they were in the playoffs last year. Couldn't even manage to do that. Twice he was benched. So you look at his career numbers, 15 touchdowns, 18 interceptions, 55% completion percentage, and he's won eight games in, in, in 22 tries. He's not the future of this team. This idea that Richard just pointed out, well, if Rodgers and the Jets are 2-7 and seven through nine weeks, who are you starting week 10? It's not Zach Wilson. He's not the future. He's never going to see the field if all things go right. That's it. Just give up on that. We're, we're covering him as if there is there's a chance he could, be, he could soar in uh, you know, come in, you know, with knight in shining armor and become their franchise quarterback once Rodgers is done. It's not going to happen. 800-919-3776. We take a timeout. Get back to your phone calls when we return right here on 9870 ESPN. Keep it locked. Time for Ty's Lock of the Weeks. Uh, lock of the Weeks. Lock of the Week, I should say. This is the Ty Butler Show on 98.7 ESPN. Well, so Weezy was on that stage last night. Performed six foot seven. Heifer, got a text about Weezy. 
He was one of the headliners. Did a Millie Fireman. I'm going in, Mr. Carter. Shout out to Weezy. 800-919-3776. This portion of the program is brought to you by Glenfiddich Single Malt Scotch Whiskey, the world's most awarded single malt scotch whiskey, skillfully crafted, enjoy responsibly. Glenfiddich Single Malt Scotch Whiskey, 40% alcohol by volume, 2023, imported by William Grant & Sons, New York, New York. Joe Leo, you have a question for me. What is it? Before the end of the preseason, do the Jets get another backup quarterback not named Zach Wilson? I don't think so. I also think that this is something that's become so overrated and overblown. The reality, because the question is, well, what happens if Rodgers goes down? Guys, if Rodgers goes down, they're cooked. We know that. They're cooked. Who who are they going to bring in that's going to allow them to steady the season if, if Aaron Rodgers, you know, has to miss a couple games. They're going to go to Zach. So I, I, the, you would ideally love to have a great backup quarterback, but who's out there right now? Is, is there a name that someone has for me out there right now you could go get that would make you feel great about the Jets missing Rodgers for five weeks? I don't think that that exists. Nick Foles? Uh, how'd he look last year? <laughs> Ask Kayvon Thibodeau how Nick Foles looked last year. Like this, like to me, it, it, it's 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 a harsh reality, but it's the truth. You're banking on a 39 year old quarterback staying healthy for the entirety of a season. What about Tommy DeVito? Uh, wasn't he playing last night? That's right. He's former Syracuse quarterback. That look at you. You yeah. know him very well already. Yeah, of course. But it's just there's no there's no alternative. There's no recourse. If he goes down, they're they're cooked. Would you trade for Sam again? Bring Sam bring him back. No. Yeah. No. That's that come on. Why not? What's the upside there? The upside? He's a lot better than Zach Wilson is. You think Sam could like you st- you still think that there's a potential for Sam Darnold to be a good quarterback? Yes. But that's all physical. There's no way that he can withstand what he experienced psychologically here, come back, and whatever potential, whatever you think his ceiling is, that's not being reached here. It's, it's not just physical. It was, it was psych- psychologically you know, traumatizing. There was a lot of wear and tear that he had to deal with in this market, with this team. He's not coming back years later and finding success. You don't think he could potentially do what he did in the first couple of weeks, his first season with Carolina? No, but here that's again? a part of that is change of scenery. That's what I'm saying. It's change of scenery. It was never going to work out here. It's different circumstances now. Yeah, We're but, asking it's, still, but it's still it's still the same team, and now you're coming back and facing your horrors with the mono and the scene go like all of that comes back. Like it's like going. It, that's you. I can see you're toxic. You're one of those dudes. You'd like to go back to the toxic ex. You get an, uh, out of a bad relationship. You heal. You recover, and you want to go back. That's the type of person you are, Joe Leo. Now it's all making sense. I I don't like this label you're putting on. That's me right what here. it is. It's true. That's what it sounds like. From what you're outlining, you want Sam to return. Uh, he probably could have had a nice career. The Jets didn't do him any favors. But everything that could go go wrong went wrong. He went to Carolina and actually balled out for the first, like, three weeks of the season. He was, like, the NFL's passing yards leader, doing uh, interviews on NFL Network. He was, like, the, the hot thing in town. 
And now with Kyle Shanahan, maybe if, you know, things don't go well with Brock Purdy coming back from that injury, maybe Sam could could go with the best offensive mind in football or maybe second best behind Andy Reid. But, you know, wherever he's top two and, and, and realize some of what his potential is. But let coming me, back here, it ain't happening. Let Who's me the ask, better quarterback let, right now, Wilson or Darnold? Prob- uh, Darnold, for sure. So but why wouldn't the, you at least make the call and entertain it? Harvey, is he listening to me? Is something in his ears? Can I'll, you go to the back of the <laughs> studio and smack him in the back of his head? Let me ask you. Just, just, just straight knock him out because I'm getting. I'm about to throw my headphones at the glass. Is he not listening to oh, – do you not understand the words that are coming out of my mouth? Yeah, we got 15 minutes plus a break. I'll, I'll, I'm just going to – hypothetically, me let me ask you. Let's just say they do bring in a quarterback, whatever. Would you be more upset they did that than bringing in an offensive lineman? Uh, yes, because that's, that's, the, that's the bigger need right now. You feel like you're solidified at quarterback. You should feel that way. Offensive line, but Gordon made this per- point earlier, and, and it was like, who are you going out there to get? Teams aren't just giving away tackles. Because even if, like you look at right, who's the seller, the seller is going to be the team that's in the midst of a rebuild. But that team in the midst of a rebuild still wants to keep their tackles because when you draft a quarterback, you need to protect him. So no one's just giving away tackles. Like, like what? What's the team out there that's just like, you know what, we have way too many offensive linemen who are good. Let's give them away. It, that, that doesn't exist. And I know people are floating out Zach Martin out there, you know, because he's got uh, some uh, dissension, you know, with the Cowboys and the Jets could trade for him put him at guard and then move AVT over the tackle. But I just don't think the Cowboys, even as bad as they can be when it comes to decision-making, I don't think they're that stupid. Can I give you two suggestions for saviors for the Jets? Um, I'm excited to hear it. Uh, R.J. Barrett. (laughs) What about Jalen Brunson? R.J. Barrett can't even figure out what he does uh, for the team that he plays now. He can't even even be great for the team he plays now. You're going to change sports and put him on the offensive line for the Jets? No one's ever done it. Not there's, even Joe Namath has ever played basketball. There's a lot of there's a lot of pressure on Rodgers this year and it we're we're in the midst of the honeymoon phase and it's actually a tour de force on how you get into a, a new relationship. Rodgers that's what he's doing. He's showing you every way to do it perfectly. He's the pitched a perfect game when it comes to getting into a new marriage, ingratiating yourself with the fan base. And with your teammates. They love them. It's all going well right now. But there is a case to be made. Of every quarterback in football, there is not a single one with more pressure on them than Aaron Rodgers does coming into this season. Because you just go through the list, right? Josh Allen has pressure. Why? Because the expectations have been sky high, Super Bowl for the Bills, and they have not realized that yet. They've got one AFC championship appearance in the four years he's been there, or five years, whatever it's been. He's finished second in MVP. Uh, there's tension with Stefan Diggs. You know, Leslie Frazier, the defensive coordinator, is gone. Sean McDermott has taken over as you know the, the play caller on, on that side of the ball. There's a lot of pressure going on in Buffalo because if they have an, another early exit, that could spell doom for somebody. Like, there's going to be some change that happens, right? So there's pressure on on Josh Allen, but I don't think that rivals with what Rodgers is going through. You can go to Cleveland. Is there pressure on Deshaun Watson after you know the Browns went all in on him, $230 million guaranteed, 
endured the suspension. He went 3-3 three and three last year. There's pressure on him to live up to the contract, but it's Cleveland. It's the Browns. Like, who really cares? No one expects them to do much of anything. Lamar's just got a new contract. There's pressure on him to, to win playoff games, but is it Super Bowl or bust uh, for the Ravens this year? I don't think so. Uh, who else do we got? Uh, is there Justin Herbert just got a big contract, right? He has to win a playoff game. We're going to start to hear the noise about because everyone romanticizes, you know, Justin Herbert's potential. And I'm one of those guys. I love Herbert. I think he's one of the five best quarterbacks in football. But at some point, you got to cash in on those wins in the playoffs. And if they don't win a playoff game this year, you know, Brandon Staley's gone. Joe, uh, Justin Herbert is going to start to get that. That uh, that 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 heat brought on him. He's gonna start to get this smoke. Dak's got pressure on him. Cowboys, what's it been? Twenty-seven years since they've been to an NFC Championship game. And what's interesting about Dak is, after next season, he becomes an unrestricted free agent, and the Cowboys can't tag him again. It's in his contract where he can't be tagged. So he's gonna have all the leverage. He's gonna have all the leverage if he continues. Or if he plays well and the Cowboys, let's just say, get to a title game, he has all the leverage. He could become the first $60 million a year quarterback in football, which is kind of crazy. So that's the pressure that's on him. But is it Super Bowl or bust? No. Uh, so who has more pressure in football than Rodgers? No one. No quarterback. I just went up and down the list. Jalen Hurts just got, got, got just got paid, but he also is coming off of a Super Bowl, and he's still young. And that's another thing. All these other guys I'm, I'm talking about uh, with Allen and Herbert, and they, they all face their individual pressure, but they're so young, the window is wide open for them. The only other guy who comes to mind would be Russell Wilson with Denver. The Broncos spent a, a, a ton acquiring him, and then they gave him that long extension that still hasn't even kicked in yet. So you're hoping that Sean Payton can unlock what's left of his career. So he's got a lot of pressure on him, but I still don't think it's up there with Aaron Rodgers. He's the guy with the most pressure in all of football next year. 800-919-3776. We wrap the show next right here on 9870 ESPN. Can you go to the back of the studio and smack him in the back of his head? This is the Ty Butler Show on 98.7 ESPN. See, that's a producer who knows what he's doing. Playing the hyper wheezy. All right, so I'm going to go full Dave Rothenberg real quick on you guys. Because we're ending the near the show, the end of the show. Ty Butler going until 3 o'clock. Jets Panthers coming your way with Dan Grasa and Greg Buttle, so make sure you keep it locked right here on 98.7 ESPN. You guys have been here since 9 a.m. Did Gordon Damer, and you did this show. The most fun you had today was working with show. Let me hear it. Starting with you, Harvey. Oh, man, I knew this was going to happen. Be honest. Be honest. I'll go with Gordon. Okay. Why is that? I wasn't brought on that much on this show as compared <laughs> to Gordon's show. So so because Gordon made you his co-host, you had more fun working with him. Look, I wasn't being... I, mm. Look, I was a bit more mocked on his show, but I was brought on, you know. I wasn't being... See, at least it was love here. I wasn't making fun of you. I know what it is. And you know what I got to do? We got to do... Next time we're on the air together, we'll do a full, like, Red Bulls recap. <laughs> I'll take it. 
Because every time we get a rundown from from Harvey, he's he's sending you information and happening in in soccer. Look, I'm just covering local teams. You know, you want the Liberty section in there too, or no? Yeah, we can do it all, and we'll give you your own segment so we can get. What's another team that the Red Bulls they play? I have no idea. Red Bulls. What's another team? Well, NYCFC are here too. So we'll do that. They we'll, stink. We'll but... give you an NYCFC segment. Joe Leo, you're not gonna escape this question, so don't even think about hiding your your head behind that that computer screen. What's your answer? I'm actually kind of shocked at Harvey's answer because he was berated by Gordon. He so. likes this. he's another toxic one. He likes those abusive relationships. You told me to smack Joe. He's, he's, <laughs> he likes abusive relationships. How about you, Joe? What's the answer? I got to say, because I was mocked for my answer for uh, going to the Jonas Brothers concert tonight, I'm going to stick with this show and uh, keep it about. You went to a Jonas Brothers I'm going to. I'm going right after this. Tonight? Yep. Like you actually paid money, like you out of your pocket, paid money to go to a Jonas Brothers concert. Yes. That's a decision that you made on your own. Who are you going with? My girlfriend. Who else? Oh, okay. Do you think that, I'm gonna go by myself? Well, listen, I don't know. I don't wanna I don't wanna judge. You you you're someone who makes weird decisions. You just last segment asked if the Jets should trade for Sam Darnold so he could be their backup quarterback. I stand despite by the it. fact that it didn't work last year and Sam Darnold might be needed in San Francisco. So who knows? You you're you you strike me as an odd guy. Jonas Brothers. That's interesting. That is very interesting. By the way, people on social media are, are very sensitive and, and just weird. I, I woke up this morning to someone absolutely berating me. Like, he was so offended. And this is like 6 o'clock in the morning he sent this tweet out where he was upset because I— uh, So the story came out yesterday that Kyle Shanahan uh, told people that Philip Rivers was his team's quarterback contingency plan if it could if they would have beaten the Eagles in the NFC Championship game and gotten to the Super Bowl, which now that I go back, I would have loved to see it. I was rooting for Philadelphia because I thought they were the only team, given the court, uh, the situation at quarterback for the Niners, that was going to be able to beat the Chiefs. And I wanted to see the Chiefs lose. So I'm like, you know, give me Philly. Jalen Hurts, I, I root for him, whatever. But now that I see that Phillip Rivers could have possibly gone from being retired for two years to playing and starting in a Super Bowl, that would have been awesome. That would have been amazing. But I quote tweeted that and I said, why not Kaepernick? Obviously, I'm joking. You know, Kaepernick, that, that, that ship has sailed already. And then um, the amount of people who were offended... Oh, my God. I got called all types of names. I got called a, a progressive left-wing snowflake. The mere mention of Colin Kaepernick's name just arouses people to that extent where they get so angry. Really? It's that serious? A tweet sent out at 6.18 this morning. I never took you for a progressive left-wing snowflake. Maybe I was wrong. You should do a show with Rosenberg and Santiago. How he, Peter's out here enjoying and dancing his hips off to you know hip hop fifty at Yankee Stadium. He can't just he can't just chill without the strays. You got to throw him in there and Ray. He, he's chilling, just doing his thing. Six six o'clock this morning. That's what you're thinking about. People are such losers. Anyway, uh, Dan Gross and Greg Buttle coming up next. Jets pregame, Panthers preseason week two. Keep it locked right here on ninety eight seven ESPN. Do you not understand the words that are coming out of my mouth?